Testing. Yep, it's working. Testing. One, two, three. Testing. Hey, Liz. Hey, Brittany. Okay, Testing. <laughs>
Sleeping patterns are like all over the place. Good morning. Let's see what I got to do. Testing one. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Well, um, I checked the forecast this morning and they said no rain, uh, but I keep hearing thunder outside. Must be Biker Sunday, huh? Is that what that is? That's pretty. That's a long stretch, but I think I pulled it off. <laughs> Cortland, good to see you, brother. All right. Um, a couple things, just some announcements as we get started and as people start rolling in. Uh, we don't want to forget about the sign-up sheet in the nursery. It's filling up quick. By that, I mean there's one signature on it. Um, so... Uh, if, if you would, uh, please feel free to uh, see me or Melissa after church. It will explain what it means to look after the nursery. You know, just sign up if, if the Lord lays it on your heart. We do have video there, audio and video, so you, you don't miss service. You do get to see service. Um, and it's fun. I did it last week, and, and honestly, it really is a fun ministry to do. So if you get a chance to, to look after the babies, um, see us, and, and we'll, we'll plug you in, meaning the entire slate is wide open. Uh, so if you want to volunteer for that, we'd, we'd love to have you volunteer for that. Um, graduates, if you've got babies, family, friend, kin folks that have graduated from high school, college, you name it, whatever they've graduated from, we need to acknowledge them. Uh, and we'd like to publicly do that next week. Uh, get with me and um, throughout the week, and we would like to make sure we have something to give them to publicly thank them for their effort. It's not easy to graduate. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. So I just want to uh, acknowledge those who did put the time into it, and also the parents and family members and friends, because it, it goes through a lot. I know I'm in school right now again, and Steve can tell you how much he has to pray for me uh, constantly. So um, you know, just, just letting you guys know that that is something worth celebrating. It really is. Um, and then the next thing is we want to mention uh, Christy Webb, still in bed rest and doing good and healthy. Every time I go see Brad and see Christy, it's just, um, it's just the sweetest picture of a family you can ever imagine. So just continue to keep her in your prayers. Uh, I know she would rather be here, but right now she's flat back in it, uh, probably watching us online, right? So we love you, Christy. Lay down. She's on bed rest. Um, let's see, a uh, couple things real quick. Uh, and these are personal things on my heart and, and on the heart of the church. Uh, let's pray for baptisms. God has blessed us to be a church that baptizes a lot of folks. Uh, and we need to continue being intentional about that. You know, how do you be intentional about that? You say, Lord, please stir in the heart of the people that need to be baptized. What do we believe about baptism? 
baptism does not save you. You are not saved at the point of baptism. But guess what baptism does? Baptism tells people, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I belong to a family. That's my family lineage. I baptize, uh, allow myself to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptism identifies me, just like uh, a wedding identifies my wife and I of being union. Just like me wearing this wedding ring publicly. I don't hide this. I'm not ashamed of this. I do not take this off in public places. I do not only put it around when I'm around my wife. I wear this every opportunity I get because I'm proud to tell people who I'm married to. I'm proud to let people know that I believe in the institution of marriage with my wife. That's what baptism is. It tells people, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. We walk across the stage at graduation. Yeah, we could mail out the diplomas, but isn't it special to walk across that stage to publicly say, I did it. I made the commitment. I made the effort. That's what we do. So let's just pray in that, okay? Let's continue to be in prayer about that throughout the week, individually, and we'll see the fruits of it. And again, God has not held back baptisms in us. This is not a fuss at us, church. This is a, just an encouragement for us. And lastly, um, as you know, our church is, is undertaking some big growth stuff. You know, we, we, uh, we do things on faith, um, ministry in Peru, ministry in Haiti, uh, priesthood ministry. All these things are done on faith, uh, the expansion of the church and the growth and, and, and all of these things. These are done on faith. Uh, so it requires income and finances. My personal prayer is not so much that you give more, is that God financially blesses you more. And as you see the fruits of your increase, you would be want to be generous and then thus give back to the Lord. So uh, kind of a different way to raise money as, as we go into these future big dreams and big visions we believe God's calling us is not so much that we'll be asking you to give more money, is that I'm going to be asking God would bless you more and that we'd bless each other. And we would just continue to be generous in those thoughts and those, those actions. So let's bless each other by praying for each other's blessings. Lord, that you would just bless. Let me pray right now for us. Father God, I pray that you would bless us as individuals, Lord. That you would stir in the household of each person in this room. Father, that you would stir in the household of those that are watching us online. That they would want to get their life in order financially to bless you. Lord, that we know that when we're in debt and we're upside down on payments and we're late behind and we hate to answer the phone because we know who's calling, trying to collect, Lord, that all that garbage would just be behind us. That we would be biblically givers. That we would serve you, not out of our what's left over, but out of our heart. Father, I pray that you would bless those homes that are giving and those that are trying to give and those that cannot give. Oh, Lord, especially those that cannot give. Would you please bless them, Father, in your name. Financially bless them, Lord. This is not a prosperity prayer. This is a prayer of us getting our life right. Lord, this is not an empty prayer. Money is just it's nothing to you. You own it all. Remind us that we serve the King of Kings. And we don't just go to Daddy and ask for a few crumbs. You prepare a banquet table for us. So, Daddy, would you please bless your people here at Family of Grace? Just bless us, Lord. 
And as we see the increases, not if, but as we see the increases, we would be so generous to you and your work. Lord, I just thank you for that. Thank you for putting that on my heart. Thank you for allowing me to be in a church that is more outward than inward. Thank you for allowing us to be a church that is more concerned about a playground in South America than a playground here. Thank you for allowing us to be a church that says we have pastors that if we just give a little, they can do so much. And instead of us being inwardly focused, we're so concerned about what goes on in the streets of Haiti and in the mountains of Haiti and in the back dusty streets of Peru. And that we'd rather see that than a great big building with neon signs here. Lord, bless us. Increase our territory so that we'll be a blessing to you. Let our hearts always be right in this area, that we'd never lose focus, that everything good comes from you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
is to get to know the kids in the neighborhood, behind the church, right in our backyard, and to share the love of Christ with them, to hang out with them, to give them hope um, for their future, just to be able to um, show them that God can meet them where they're at right now. God can come to their situation and to their into their lives right now um, and meet them where they're at and to be able to help them grow um, and see what God has in store for them and to encourage them and just play with them and just hang out for the summer and uh, build that um, firm relationship with them and to be able to disciple them. I feel like God has called me to do this ministry to be able to reach out to these children um, and to, to go to their homes. I've been working with outreach ministries uh, in the past and we bring them to the church and we bring them into our lives instead of us as a church and as a family going out to them. For the, the reason why God called me to this place in particular, I still haven't figured it out yet, but God has really placed um, a passion in my heart for uh, inner city kids and just to be able to witness to them and to love on them. And so I hope that through all of this that God continues to break me for, um, for this generation to be able to, uh, to show them His grace and to be able to um, and just encourage them and just be there for them. And um, I can't wait to bring more and more kids in, into this church and to be able to build the youth program, to be able to be a light right in our, back, in our backyard. playing games and having a good time in the summer sun wearing lots of sunscreen with a bunch of kids and I can't wait because it's the best job ever. Um, so we're going to be doing Bible studies with these kids, we're going to be doing worship services with them, we're going to be discipling them and we're going to be teaching them how to dig into God's word and to figure out what God has in store for them and once again just having a good time and hanging out with them, playing tiger ball, playing dodgeball, kickball, basketball, football, any kind of sport with ball. It's just going to be fun. The church should be excited about what's going to be happening this summer because the excitement that goes into um, us sending people out to Peru and to Haiti and overseas to do missions is about to happen here a few hundred feet away from you. And you will get to see it hands-on. You'll get to see God work um, right in your backyard in this building. And to be able to see, um, you know, we're always saying that we need to raise up a generation to, um, to change the world, to become a light of the world. And it's going to be happening in your own backyard. It's going to be happening here. And you're about to be able to witness that. And the church should be excited because this generation, these youth, they're going to be the people who will be our leaders, who will be um, our teachers in the schools. My message to the church would be, we need your support. We need your encouragement. Every day we're going to be out there working with you. We're going to be making plans. We're going to be... Um, playing Bible studies and games and we're going to be witnessing to these people, to these kids and as a church we need your prayer, we need your um, your we need to know that you have our back um, you know the Bible calls each of us 
um, for different things. We have teachers, preachers, and you guys are going to be our prayer warriors. And, um, you know, we can, Katie and Cortland, we can all be there for each other. Um, but to know that the whole church as a whole, our entire congregation is praying for us every day is going to be what gives us the energy to go out every single day um, and to do God's work. Will you join us? For you who thought that Catherine Taylor never talked, there you go. <laughs> Amen. That was Will that picked your video for the Sunday you was leading to. Amen. They're next week. Okay. Amen. We, uh, man, are you excited, church? Well, you have their back. Amen. What a joy for us. And I'm going to tell you, this week, um, God just really began to touch my heart. Man, I, I mean, our foreign mission field is right here. Would you take a pastoral challenge this week? I know you're waiting to see what it is. It doesn't, you don't even have to leave the sofa. To meet this challenge. Now, how many of you will take this challenge? All right, you're all in now. Would you go home and would you get your family? And well, on the way home, would you stop and pick up the movie The Blind Side and get your family and watch it? If you've seen it, watch it again. Guys, that's what we're going to be doing. Inner city, looking for kids who have no hope, who have no family, who really have no future, and telling them about the greatest thing that this world has to offer. And it's hope in Jesus Christ. Can we pray for these college students this morning? What a joy. I want to pray for you as we pray for them, as you have their back. I mean, these kids could be, they keep calling them kids, these young adults could be doing anything this summer. They could be backpacking across Europe. Instead, they decided to go into the inner cities of our city and do ministry. And it's a great undertaking for us as a church. I mean, this is going to be, it's, it's pretty much going to wipe out our home mission budget, which I don't take lightly. You know, we're, we're looking at probably around $5,000 for this project, which, you know, you say $5,000, it's not that much, but you know what really spoke to my heart this week? is that you had to earn 50000 Isn't that amazing? I mean, for every... It's just amazing that you had to earn that much money and you entrust us to be stewards of it. And I want you to know we're trying to be the best we can with what you're giving. As you're giving and you're believing, you know, we don't ever talk about money here, but we know that you're giving to make this ministry happen. And I want to say thank you. And I want you to know that we're going to sow it, we're going to sow the seed, we're going to protect the seed, and we're going to water the seed, and we're going to pray for the increase. Let's pray for that right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for um, KT, Lord, and Cortland, and Katie, Lord, who will be out doing ministry, Lord, every, every week, almost five, six days a week, Lord, doing ministry in our city. And God, I pray right now for Holy Ghost power on their life, for Holy Ghost protection, Lord, in some of the areas they will be in. Lord, but favor, God. Favor that only your Holy Spirit can bring. 
God, if we don't have your favor, Lord, we, Lord, it's so, it's almost impossible. But God, I think about the favor that you gave them in the Bringhurst Park a couple of weeks ago. And Lord, how they was just a, Lord, they were literally a magnet and people were just drawn to them. That's you, God. And, and God, today in the world that we live in, Lord, so many churches are the, the opposite. God, people are, are not drawn to that faith family, Lord, but they're pushed away, Lord, and actions of that faith family and, 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 and the attitudes of those faith families, Lord, they push people away. But God, I pray for us, Lord, that you would keep us emptied of ourselves, Lord, that God, you, we could be a magnet, Lord, that people would be drawn to us, Lord, because of you, God, and Lord, that our, our vision would stay pure, that our, our, our ambitions would stay pure, Lord, and they would never become self-centered, Lord, that they would never become a, a vision to build an empire, Lord, but they would stay to be a vision that expands your kingdom. Lord, touch these young people in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet today. Let's worship the Lord with all of our heart. Thank him for what he's trying to do in our lives today. Amen. Turns his face away as we. 
head bowed this morning, you know, it doesn't matter what we're going through today. If temptation is overwhelming you, man, if you're struggling today, God is right there in your life. He's right there. He's right there. He's that ever-present help in your life. Today, if you're struggling and your joy seems to have left today and you're struggling through the pain and the sorrows, today God is right there. I don't, I don't care where you've come from, what walk of life, what, what language you may speak today. Jesus is right there in your life. He is an ever-present help in your time of need. And you be confident in this, my brothers and sisters, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete that work. And today, with your head bowed, as she just plays this softly, I know some of you are struggling. We won't pray for you today. I know Brother Milton is down in his back today. I mean, he's had a terrible two weeks, and we won't pray for him today. He needs Holy Ghost power in his life. He needs an intervention in his life. We want to pray for him today. If you just want to slip down to this altar and you just want to say, I want you to pray for me, we've got people here right now that want to pray for you today. Brother John, you and your family, you just lost your mom. We want to pray for you today. You need God's intervention in your life. You need Him to see you through that valley of the shadow of death today. We need God to move in your life. With your head bowed, nobody looking around, but if you know you need prayer today, before we even get into the message, I mean, you need God. Jesus is passing your way today. And I love what the Word says when He said, I must needs go through Samaria. I must need go through Jericho. And I'm telling you, He went there because there was people who needed a fresh touch from a holy God. And I'm telling you today that the Holy Spirit's moving in and out of this building today. And we know that you need God. We know that you need His power and fresh demonstration in your life. And we want to pray for the sweeping power of Jesus to move and rule and reign in your life. If she plays that this morning softly, won't you just make your way to this altar? We're going to pray for you. Just want to pray over you. We're not going to put you on the spot. Matter of fact, we just want to, we want to intercede for you. The Bible says in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Do not forsake the assembling of yourself from the brethren, even more so as you see the day of the Lord approaching. Why? Because we are here for you. We want to intercede for you. We want to believe for you. We want to cling for you. We want to claim the promise and the power of the resurrection in your life today. Won't you come? Won't you come right now? The Holy Spirit's right here. Won't you come today? Won't you come? Won't you come?
There may be some struggle, some sin. You've just been holding on to it. You don't want to let it go. And today you just want to throw your hands up in the air and say, I'm tired. I quit it. I give it up. I need God to fill me, empower me, and strengthen me. Won't you come? Temptations lose their power. coming they're coming of moving in the spirit if you get tired you can just be seated let's just do business with the Lord amen that's what we came here for today hallelujah I mean we came to get a fresh touch we came to be empowered let him have his way in your life
what you got. Holy Spirit's touching hearts and lives. Father, we love you today. I thank you that you've been touching hearts and lives. I thank you, God, that you've been demonstrating your power and you've been proving yourself to be faithful. And Lord, this altar has been wrapped up with people from having a hole in their heart, from losing loved ones, and Lord, sickness plaguing them, living in bondage, struggling with addictions and things that are holding them back. And I pray in the power of the Spirit that you would set them free. And Lord, they'd walk and not grow weary, that they would run and they had not faint. I pray, Lord, that they would today mount up on those wings of eagles and begin to take flight over that thing that's been holding them down. It's been holding them back. I pray they'll, they'll remember this day in their life and they can mark it down. That was the day that Christ met me there. That was the day that I gained strength for the journey. That was the day that He equipped me and empowered me. And I thank you today for being that kind of God who's moving right here in our midst, Lord. And we do not take that for granted. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated today. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, come on. Give Him a hand, church. I mean, folks are gaining encouragement. They're gaining strength. They're gaining victory, what they need for the day ahead. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. If you're a biker here today, we want to celebrate you. We want to celebrate what God's doing in your life, and we're thankful to uh, be partnered up with the priesthood. And uh, man, your ministry, uh, Brother Daryl, all you guys in the priesthood, uh, we're thankful that we have this opportunity to be able to uh, just partner with you. And I know you guys had a had an event last night. I'm sure you'll want to share that with us. But but today, uh, Pastor Ralph is one of our pastors here on on staff, and uh, he's going to come and bring us the word today. Amen. Pastor Ralph, come and share, please. Wow, that's a, <clears throat> that's a hard act to follow right there, isn't it? <laughs> I love it when I love it when God just shows up, and uh, sometimes He does that in unexpected times, unexpected places. And, uh, man, I just, I just think it's cool when he does that. Uh, as Pastor Brad mentioned, we, we had an event over in, in Zawali last night, and we, there, there's, a, there's a guy 
that uh, that's a part of the part of the priesthood ministry that uh, lives in East Texas and uh, actually comes out of a a, uh, a gang background and 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 the Lord has uh, gloriously saved him and and delivered him from that lifestyle and he was there sharing his uh, testimony last night and I know of at least one person who who gave their heart to the Lord last night because of, of hearing that message. And, and, and you know, that's this really what it's about, isn't it? It's just about, it's just about sharing what, uh, what God uh, has done in your life. And, and the Bible says that by the, by the word of our testimony, we'll overcome. I, I want to share with you a, a, a part of a conversation that I had with a pastor friend of mine. We were... Uh, he was sharing with me about uh, a conversation that he had with a young pastor. And uh, this, this young pastor is, it was on the verge of, of making some, some major uh, life-altering uh, decisions. Uh, you know, really the, the kind that just change your life, change the direction of your life. And uh, so this young pastor was very eloquently uh, laying out, you, you know, uh, his situation and uh, was explaining his uh, thought process and, and just the way that he was thinking. He was sharing his dreams and, uh, and, and his fears and his desires. And, uh, and my pastor friend said that, that the more the guy talked, that, that it seemed the more that he knew what he ought to do. Uh, and, and so he continued to listen, and uh, as the, the young pastor kind of talked his way through all of that, he had uh, told him that he had prayed through it, he had searched the Scripture, he had uh, you know, confided with his closest counselors, people that he knew and trusted. He and his wife had, had talked about it, and they had prayed it through. And, and, but, but there was just one problem. He couldn't pull the trigger. I mean, he just couldn't. He just, he, he was just... It's like he was sitting there twisting on the throttle and the motor was revved up, but he just couldn't get it in gear somehow. And, and you know what I believe? I believe that there's probably some of us in this place this morning that has had that feeling. It's kind of like looking at the, at the computer screen and you, you, you know, you're, you're clicking on something and the little hourglass thingies is kind of going around and around and around and nothing's happening. It's kind of like that in our lives sometimes. And I know that, you know, a lot of us, we know what we think is best. And sometimes we're right on the very verge of that. We're right on the very edge of that. But somehow we just can't quite step forward. We've weighed the options. We've turned it over in our head. We've tossed it about in our heart. You know, we've searched the Scripture. We've prayed about it. We've talked about it. But... Like this young pastor, here's what he said. I just don't want to make a mistake. Have you ever thought that? That's what I think most of us would say. Of course we don't want to make a mistake. And I believe that conversations like this happen all the time. And it's like, you know, in our house church, man, uh, we're, we're doing this thing in house church, this study called Go Fish. And I just, man, I love the way Andy Stanley just lays that thing out there where, where Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
I will make you fishers of men. I will I will cause you to be fishers of men. I will I will change you. I will bring that forth in your life. I will transform your life. And what I want to say to you this morning is fishing starts with following. Fishing starts with following, and we're doing this, this series that you can't see it for the screen, but, but, but the soul chaser, where we're, we're talking about going after people, and that's what uh, KT was talking about earlier in the video was, was man, just we, we've got a wonderful opportunity this, this summer for, for some college students to, to chase the souls. And, and what a... What a Terrific opportunity that is. But before you can chase, you got to learn how to follow. And it's kind of like a few weeks ago, Pastor Brad reminded us from Luke chapter 15 about, about the older brother. And, and, you know, I never really thought about it before, but, but maybe the reason the younger brother left home to begin with was because of the older brother. I mean, if that's all he had to look forward to, I'd probably got out of there too. That kind of attitude. And, and, you know, and, and really, we don't want to be that. I mean, we don't want to be the older brother. We don't want to be the one that, that keeps people from, from following Jesus. We don't want to be the one that, that keeps people from being what God wants them to be. But, but the problem is, we sit here so often and we say, I just don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to make a mistake. And, 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 and so we sit here with our, with our motor running, but our hand on the clutch, and somehow we just can't get it in gear and get it moving. And that's where I want to challenge you today. What, what's the answer to that? Here's my answer. And listen very carefully. Listen, when your heart, when your heart is sincere, when your motives are pure, when your desires have merged with God's. Listen to me. You really can't mess it up. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? You, you, you really can't make a mistake. Listen, even if you choose a path that is second best or, or third best, don't you believe that God can gently guide you? Uh, he can get you connected with those heavenly satellites and get your GPS coordinates uh, back in tr- on track and, and get you headed in the direction that He wants you to go? I believe that He can. And, and, and so I, I want to give you an example from the life of Paul and Silas. And we see this. And we're going to pick it up in Acts chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, if not, we'll put it on the screen. But in Acts chapter 15, I'll be reading from the Living Bible. And we're going to pick it up in verse number 35. It said, Paul and, <clears throat> and Barnabas stayed on at Antioch teaching and, and preaching the Word of God. But they weren't alone. There were a number of teachers and preachers at that time in Antioch. Let me pause here. That kind of describes our church, does it? You can't throw a rock in here without hitting a preacher. That's the coolest thing ever. I love it, man. And after a few days of this, Paul, Paul said to Barnabas, 
Let's go back and visit all our friends in each of the towns where we preach the Word of God. Let's see how they're doing. Now Barnabas wanted to take John along, that John, that John nicknamed Mark, but Paul wouldn't have him. He wasn't about to take along a quitter who, as soon as the going got tough, had jumped ship on them in Pamphylia. Tempers flared, and they ended up going their separate ways. Barnabas took Mark, sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and offered up uh, by their friends uh, to the grace of the Master, went to Syria and Sicilia and built up muscle and sinew in those congregations. Now, some people say this is where the Baptist church started with a fight and split. But I think it goes further back than that. I, think, I actually think it, that the Baptist church started back with Abraham and Lot when Abraham told Lot, you go your way and I'll go mine. But, but this, is, this is, you know, we can learn so much from this. Because, you know, one, one thing is Paul said, look, I, you know, I, I gave him a chance and, I, and I'm not giving him another. And, and, and Barnabas said, look, I, I'm just going to go put my arm around him and walk with him a while. And I just wonder if maybe there's somebody in your life that is messed up big time that, that you just need to go put your arm around and walk with them a while. You see, the message is that, that we never get to a point that we're unusable by God because if you go on and, and read uh, Paul's writings, the, the very last thing that he wrote in 2 Timothy, he's asking for this guy. He's asking for John Mark. He says, I want him to come. He's beneficial to me. So I don't know what happened, but that relationship got restored. And maybe there's a broken relationship in your life that needs to be restored. But more often than not... You see, we're not purposeful. They had this purpose. They wanted, they had this idea. This purpose is they were going to go visit the churches that they had already started. And so, man, they got a good plan. And so they started out with this. And let's pick it up in chapter 16. Verse 1, it says, Paul came first to Derby, then Lystra. He found a disciple there by the name of Timothy. Uh, son of a devout Jewish mother and Greek father, friends in Lystra and Iconium all said what a fine young man he was. Paul wanted to recruit him for their mission, but first took him aside and circumcised him so he wouldn't offend the Jews who, who lived in those parts. And they all knew that his father was a Greek. And they travel from town to t- as they travel from town to town, they presented the simple guidelines in Jerusalem that the Jerusalem apostles and leaders had come up with. That, that turned out to be most helpful. Day after day, the congregations became stronger in faith and larger in size. They went to Phrygia and then on through the region of Galatia. Their plan was to turn west into Asia Providence. But the Holy Spirit blocked that route. So they went to Messiah and tried to go north to Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. Proceeding on through Messiah, they went down to the seaport of Troas. Now let me just tell you something. If you really want to make God smile, you tell Him what you're fixing to do. You tell Him what your plan is. You tell Him what you're about to do. And I guarantee, listen, I'm telling you that God can mess up a good plan. God can mess up a good plan. And Paul and Silas had a good plan. And they had set out on this mission. And, and, and after much prayer and 
after much, you know, seeking the Lord and uh, thoughtful consideration, and, and they planned to go visit that group of churches that, that they had already started. You know, if you're one of those that's got the, got the maps in the back of your book with Paul's stuff, this would be the second missionary journey they're getting ready to leave on. And, and, and so, they, that, man, they've got this good plan. So was it a mistake? I mean, the, the Holy Spirit prevented them. Did, did they miss God? Did, did, they, did they mess up? No, this, this wasn't a mistake. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God blocked the road. Now, how He did that, I don't know, because that's all the information we have. Now, I want you to understand this, that after that, Paul and Silas set off in a different direction. Okay, they started down this way. This road got blocked. They said, okay, we're going to go to plan B. So they started out a different direction. That road got blocked. However that happened, I don't know how it happened. I think it's important to note, though, that, that we don't have any record of there being any thunder and lightning and earthquakes and fire, you know, brimstone from heaven and, and you know, lightning in the sky and, and all that stuff. I just know somehow the Holy Spirit blocked the road, okay? I don't know if He put the orange cones up. I don't know. But I just know that the Holy Spirit Block the road. But I also want you to know that there's no shame, there's no guilt, there's no judgment. God just shut the door, period. Just shut the door. I don't know how God did that. But He did. Has that ever happened to you? You ever had a good plan? You ever started down the road? <laughs> and God closed that, shut that road down? If that's never happened to you, then you need to start following God. <laughs> because I'll guarantee you, if you follow Him for very long, it's going to happen. He's going to change the course of your life. He's going to change direction in, in your life. And so what Paul decided was, okay, they tried to go this way, they couldn't. They tried to go that way, they couldn't. They said, okay, we're just going to hang out in Troas for a while. I mean, Paul obviously had some acquaintances there. I'm sure he didn't have any trouble finding a place to stay there. I'm sure he already knew where all the good Mexican restaurants were. That's the first thing you do on a mission trip is find the good places to eat. And so he was just content to hang out there until he heard something else from God. And what happened is God showed up in a big time way. <laughs> and he, he, man, he made some things clear. And Paul gets this vision from a Macedonian man calling for help. And the world is changed forever. Let's pick it up in verse number 9. It says, <clears throat> That night Paul had a dream. A Macedonian stood on the far shore and, and called across the sea, Come over to Macedonia and help us. The dreams gave Paul his map. We went to work at once, getting things ready to cross over to Macedonia. All of the pieces had come together. We knew now for sure that God had called us to go preach the good news to the Europeans. Now, here they were. There's really only one way left for them to go. Because you remember they, they, they had, they, they had, which was south, because they, they had tried to go west, the Holy Spirit blocked the road. 
They had tried to go north. Holy Spirit blocked the road. They came from the east, so that was out of the question. So there was only one, one direction left for them to go, and that was to the south. And I always knew, listen, I always knew that Paul had some southern roots. I just didn't know where they came from because you, you read his writing. He says, for I reckon. <laughs> he says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this press. I, I just. <laughs> but here's the deal. Listen. What, what do you do? You pray. You consider your options. You get good counsel. You search the Scripture. You check your motives and make sure that they're pure. You make sure that your personal agenda has been set aside for God's. And then you act. See, the the point is, this is the point where you don't worry about making a mistake. I mean, this is the point where, where, where you, you've got, man, you, you're living on purpose and, and you're walking out a plan as best you know how. And, 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 and you know what, if you head in the wrong direction, God, God will steer you back on course. He, he'll do that just like He did uh, Paul and Silas. And, but, but let me tell you, if you're on the side of the road with the kickstand down, you ain't going nowhere. God can't steer you. You've got to get moving. A few years ago, Daryl and Cliff and some more of us, we were, we were riding and we were... I, I, I was trying to remember, I think we were leaving Arkansas trying to get to somewhere into Oklahoma and, and, and Cliff has got this built-in GPS in his head. He just knows where to go. And so we were, <clears throat> we were trying to get to this particular place and, man, we were riding along this back country road. I mean, good road. And, I mean, we were, we were getting it. We, we, were, we were going down through there and... And, and Cliff was in the lead, and all of a sudden I see that fat boy just, man, this is going everywhere. And, and I start shutting down, and I get up there, and, and what, I, what we find is there, there's a sign that says, Pavement Ends. <laughs> and it ended at the sign. Not, I mean, and it went from very good to very bad very fast. And so we stop and, and uh, scratch our head a little bit. It's like, okay, now what? It's, you know, it's 150 miles back around the way we came, and it's 20 miles right this way. And so we check the map and kind of look around and, and uh, decide we're going to go for it. So we head on down this, and I mean, it's bad. First gear bad. <laughs> and we're, we're easing along there, and, and we get three or four miles down the road, and, and we come up on this... This uh, th- there's this facility out in the just down in the middle of nowhere, and and it's a, what it is, it's an old rundown camp, church camp, with dorms and gyms and, and and all kinds of stuff. And there were some folks there, so we we pulled in, just kind of uh, didn't know what else to do. We just pulled in. And, and what, what it was is that it had been neglected and, and it was just run down and wasn't being used. And some folks heard a plea. And they had just gone over there and began to work. They didn't know what they were going to do with it. They didn't know when they were going to open it. If it. It's just that God said, 
to go over there and start working, and they went over there and started working. And we just visited with them a while and, and prayed with them for a while and, and eventually went on and, and got to, to our, our destination. But here's what I want to say to you. If you're following God and the pavement ends and the road gets rough, you just slow down, you check Him out, you listen for God, but you keep going. You keep going. Don't, don't, we could, look, we could still be sitting there <laughs> at the sign that says, pavement is, now what are we going to do? No, you just, you've got to keep moving. Let's, let's go on because they, they eventually get to a place. Uh, pick it up in verse number 11. It says, uh, putting out from the harbor of Troas, man, they got, a, they got another plan now, plan C. Uh, we we made straight run for uh, that other place, and uh, the the next day we we tied up at New City and walked. Oh, count us out! And walked from there to Philippi, the main city in that part of Macedonia, and even more importantly, a Roman colony, and we lingered there for several days. Can I just tell you that more often than not, we get all hung up on the place? Yeah. On the place. The geographic place. Where, where are, are the place? What, what church? What school? What, you know, this or what, what, what that? What, the, the place. That, that's not the place they had set out for. Yeah. They had set out for multiple other places. And God said, no, no, I don't want you over here. Come over here. And then they started over here. And He said, no, no, God. And God just had to, like herding cats, He had to get them there. And more often than not, that's what we're more concerned with than anything. But did you notice, look at verse 4. It says, as they traveled. As they traveled. Not, not just, well, we're going to wait till we get there. No, as they were going. And that's what God calls you and me to do. As we are going, as we are going to work, as we are going to school, as we are going, wherever it is that God is directing us. As we're going. Man, and they're, they're moving and, and they're moving on purpose and, and they're, they're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit as best they know how. And their, their plans have changed several times and, and now they've heard this plea and, and, and they wind up at this place. Picking it up in verse number 13, it says, On the Sabbath, we left the city and, and went down along the river where we had heard there was a prayer meeting. We took our place with the women who had gathered there and talked with them. One woman, Lydia, was from Thyatira, a dealer in expensive textiles known to be a God-fearing woman. As she listened with intensity to what was being said, the Master gave her a trusting heart, and she believed. Isn't that awesome? That's good stuff. Now, the, the King James tells us that, that the, the Macedonian was a man, a male gender man, okay? 
Macedonian type mailman. But the problem is, when, when Paul gets to Macedonia, a.k.a. Philippi, it's not a man. Now, now listen. What, 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 he finds, what he finds is a woman. Or a group of women. And they're, they're, they're down there by the river having a prayer meeting. And among them is this, this key leader, a woman. Got a little money, got a big house. She comes to know the Lord, and eventually a church starts right there in her home. Now, now listen to me. They didn't set out to go start a church in Philippi. They set out to go check on some other churches that had already started, and God said, I got this over here for you to do. Now, now listen to me. In your life, you may set out to do one thing or another for God, and God says, yeah, that's fine, but in order to get you where I want you, I'm going to let you walk around this way a little bit. And so what I want to say to you this morning is just be open to, to whatever. Man, we're having to learn that as a church. I'm telling you. You can purpose in your heart to do the very best for God and have the very best plan. And you can hear a heartfelt plea and get to the right place and do all of those things. But let me tell you this. I can almost promise you that where you start out going, it will not look like what you think it's going to look like. It'll be different. Because I'm telling you, nothing about this lines up with what Paul and Silas had started out. They, they, they didn't, it looked nothing like what they thought it would look like. And I'm here to tell you that that's more likely in your life. And let me just tell you something this morning. Don't you wait until everything lines up perfectly with your preconceived ideas before you begin to walk out this thing called faith and follow where God is taking you. Look what happened here. It says, in verse 15, it says, After she was baptized along with everyone in her household, she said in a surge of hospitality, If you're confident that I'm in this with you and believe in the Master truly, come home with me and be my guest. We hesitated. <laughs> I guess they did. <laughs> Every time they started to do something, God changed direction. I guess they did hesitate. We hesitated, but she wouldn't take no for an answer. Everything they had tried to do up to this point had gotten turned around. But as a result of this, a church was born in Philippi, in Europe, which evangelized a place called North America. Isn't that something? All because they'd started down one road and God said, yeah, I need you to come over here. Started down another direction. But you know what happens a lot of times when, when God begins to do that in our life, we get all twisted up in a knot. Man, and we just start freaking out. And, and, and you know and, and you know what? I, I know some people who are so analytical that, that, that you know, got this vision of a Macedonian man and they got over there and it wound up being a group of women. Some, you know, some of us would still be walking around 2,000 years later looking for the guy in the vision. Oh, yeah. 
But, but listen. Now, let, let, me, let, me, let me say this. That, that as you were following, as you were fishing, as you were, you were chasing, listen to what I'm telling you. You've got to be willing to roll with the flow. You've got to be willing to step into the flow of where God's going. And let me tell you, that's not easy for me. I am type A+. Plus, okay? I want to know the end from the beginning. I want every step outlined. God doesn't always work that way. And I'm learning that ever so slowly. And you know what? We're learning that as a church. A few months ago, we set out to uh, renovate that back building and wound up buying a piece of property next door. Right? We set out a couple years ago or a year or so ago to plant a church in a particular place in Peru and it didn't wind up there. We went to Haiti with an idea of what we were going to do in Haiti, but I'm telling you, what we do in Haiti looks absolutely nothing like what we thought it was going to look like. God's teaching us that as a church. We just got to figure out where it is that God is going and, and join Him there. Just, just join Him there. Don't, don't try to overanalyze it. Don't, don't try to, you know, overthink it. Don't, don't try to complicate it. Don't, don't try to get all twisted up, up in a knot worrying about whether you're going to miss God or make a mistake. Just, look, just step in the flow. Just Listen, I, I'm telling you, that, that's one of the things I love about this place. I don't ever know what's going to happen. Look, because the Holy Spirit, the, the, the waters are being stirred. Just get in. Just get in. I want to close by sharing a, a personal story with you. About two years ago, uh, a little over two years ago, I was I was in a I was in a church nice church nice building nice people nice salary nice 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 just moved into a brand new build thirteen thousand square foot building we just moved into I just laid out before the church a three-part plan and we had just started the first of the first part. A plan that was going to take years to accomplish. And it was all nice. But, but there was a restlessness in my spirit. And I began to pray and I began to see God and begin to ask what what did he want I begin to search the scripture I begin to talk to my closest confidants I begin to you know Joy and I were talking about it praying through it and I was like this young pastor I knew what God was telling me I just couldn't pull the trigger 
because I had all these excuses and I had all these reasons and, and, and man, I was justifying it. Well, what about the church? And what, and you know, God said, don't you think I can take care of that? And I was just really struggling with this. And uh, one night, I had a vision. Not the kind you get when you eat Mexican food right before you go to bed, but I'm talking about the kind of vision that Paul had. Now, understand that my father passed away in 1973. And my vision was that my dad and I were in the edge, we were like in a wooded area on the edge of a field, big, this big open field. <clears throat> and we were working with some tool, hand tools, I'm not sure, rake or hoe or something like that. And as, as we were working together, I could hear voices from across the field. And they were faint but distinct. Help us. Help us. And I looked at Dad. And it was like he never heard. He just kept working. He just kept working. And so I just looked at him for a few moments and then I went back to work. And just a little bit later, I could hear those voices again. Help us. Help. And so I looked at Dad again. And this time he stopped and he just looked at me like eyeball to eyeball. But he didn't say anything. And he just looked at me. And then he went back to work. And so I went back to work. And a few minutes later, I could hear it again. Help us. Help us. And so I stop and I look at Dad again. And, and he stops and he looks at me. And he says, you hear okay you can go help them and so I laid down my tool and I took out across the field and let me tell you what God tell you what God said to me God said it's okay my father said it's okay to lay the tool down that you're used to using. It's okay to leave this place and go help those who need the help. He said, I'll be here taking care of this. And so a matter of a few weeks, a matter of a few weeks, I offered my resignation as a pastor. Took off a sports coat and put on a vest. 
And I'm telling you that it doesn't look anything like what I thought it would look like. A year and a half ago, we came here and all I was going to do is come share just a little bit about the ministry that God had called us to. A year and a half ago, and we're still here. <laughs> Folks, what I'm saying to you is, man, I, I had this purpose. I, I had it all figured out. And, and I had this great plan. And I'm sure you do too. But here's what I want you to know. Although it doesn't look like anything, anything close to what I thought it would look like. I've been a Christian for over 40 years. And I've been in the preaching and pastoral ministry for almost 25. But I can tell you I'm more excited now about what God is doing in my life, what God is doing in my ministry, what God is doing in our church than I've ever been in my entire life. Folks, I want you to know it's fun. It's fun when you figure out where God is going and, and you just join. And that's what I want to encourage you to do this morning. You, you may be thinking, man, God really messed up my plan. Good. Go with Him. Go with Him. Or perhaps today you're just you're paralyzed by fear because well, you just don't want to make a mistake. It's okay. God's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. I just want to encourage you this morning that wherever you are in that journey, I want you to know that, man, the waters are being stirred. This is a good place to get in right here. And you may be trying to figure out this whole, maybe you're new to church and new to this whole following Jesus thing and I can tell you is just jump in. We got some folks here that we'll put our arm around you and, and we'll walk it out together. And when God changes direction, we'll just change direction with Him. But I want you to bow your heads with me this morning, if you would, and just think about where you are in your walk. I just want you to think about what it is that maybe has paralyzed you. And perhaps today would be the day that you would say, God, man, I know you've changed course. I know you've changed direction. But God, I'm going with you. Father, in Jesus' name, oh Lord, we, we just come and we pray, Lord, that you would have your way. God, we've already seen you move and, and work and, and do some incredible things in this service today, and we thank you for that. God, I don't believe you're through. 
God, I believe that, that there are other miracles that you want to perform in lives today. And God, I pray that you would take this time and do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us? With your head bowed this morning as the Holy Spirit speaking to you. We'll have some pastors here to minister to you. Maybe today God's redirecting you. You've been resisting. Maybe you just want to come down here and get one of them by the hand and just simply say, I'm scared. Maybe it's I'm scared where you're from. I'm fearful. I have anxiety about what God's called me to do. But I'm going to tell you today, God's moving in your heart and your life. Maybe you just want to come and be prayed for, have hands laid on you, prayed for, for the power to move in your heart and life today. Once you come right now, let the Spirit speak to you. looks like. You don't know what the repercussions may be. You don't know what your friends may say or think. Today I want you to know that he'll give you the strength you need.
while they just play softly today, Brother Bob Voss came down and earlier in the service, he prayed with Sister Janelle for Brother Milton, who is just in really bad shape for his back. And uh, Brother Bob was in the same position, what, a year ago, wouldn't you? And uh, boy, the Lord healed him. And uh, man, I'm excited about what God's doing in this brother's life. And Miss Janelle asked if he would stand in the gap for Brother Milton, who couldn't be here today. And uh, if we'd lay hands on our brother right here and pray for him. If you feel led to lay hands on Bob and pray for Milton, you just ease down here. And we're going to pray in the Spirit and ask for the power of the Holy Ghost to move in Milton's life right now. Touch him as only the Holy Spirit can. you for hearing these prayers. Thank you for answering these prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It is done. Praise the Lord. It is done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Boy, hadn't it been great to be here today? Amen. Brooke, come see us, please. Brooke is a John Lacey's daughter, and Brooke has graduated this year, and has her whole life ahead of her, and we're so proud to have you as part of our faith family. And uh, y'all may be out of town next week, so we wanted to give you your gift today. Amen? It's from your church family. We love you and praying for you. Amen? Let's give her a hand. How many of you remember thinking, I'll never finish high school? <laughs> Amen. My mama says, I thought you'd never finish either. <laughs> Amen. Boy, it's been great to be in the house of the Lord today. We have, uh, we want to celebrate our bikers today. and We're so thankful for you. We love you guys. Y'all blessing us. And, uh, man, we, we have lunch. We have lunch here. And uh, I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is there's no boiled crawfish today. But the good news is that we have... Uh, allowed the children's ministry to improvise and you will be dining in the air conditioning today we're not putting you out back amen that's the good news it's probably about 90 in that back building right now so uh it's just been great to be here today amen praise the lord so we want you to stay and eat with us and uh just let us get to know you if you're visiting for the first time Thank you for blessing us with you being here. 
Hope the Lord has spoke to your heart. And you can leave here encouraged, strengthened for the journey ahead this week. Man, we thank the Lord for you. We believe in God for you to do a great work in your life. John Finch, raise your hand there. John, uh, great to have you today. I didn't recognize him earlier. He has hair now. And uh, so, uh, John, it's great to have you and your wife with us and, uh, and your, your son. And uh, they're in town today, slipped in. If you're new here, John was our youth minister for about two years. And, man, I, man he's a walking testimony. God brought John uh, from the brink and turned his life around, gave him a hope and a future. I tell you what, he can do the same thing for you. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand for today. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray and we'll be dismissed today. Thanking the Lord for all that he's done in our hearts and our lives and for what he's going to do. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we exalt you and we glorify you. Thank you for our faith family and for what you're wanting to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.